I went to Boston a couple of weeks ago. I think I sent you guys a text message of what I bought. I had bought eight cheesecakes, $75 worth of cheesecake. <laughs> when I went in, they were so happy to see me. They were like, Mr. Pfeiffer, so glad that you are back here. How many cheesecakes do you want? I will take eight for you. Oh, you ordered 10 last time. I know, I'm cutting back. So <laughs> it's, it's an Italian restaurant, not a Mexican restaurant. When, they come, when you come in the door, all the, the, the gloves are off. <laughs> Welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. I'm Eric. <laughs> I'm, I'm Adam. <laughs> and I'm Paul. And you're listening to the Forefathers Podcast, a podcast about fatherhood, family, friendship, and today, fitness. So today we'll be talking about health and fitness and how that has impacted our lives. Uh, we all come from different areas, from different perspectives. And so my my first question is, and and of course, we've all had our own strategies and struggles and successes with fitness and health and nutrition. So, um, so my first question to all of you is this: How did your family see uh, fitness or health or nutrition uh, when you were growing up? How did that uh, make its way into your house when you were growing up? When we were growing up, and uh, you guys can either confer or deny this, is that it wasn't widely talked about it. Like, I mean, obviously it was rolled out in schools. It was, uh, you know, you had gym class because you were required to take it. My mom ever really instituted a food, you know, menu that was both leafy greens and a little bit of starch and the right protein and, you know, all measured out and all like kind of structured. And a lot of times it was like, oh, we got to go pick up dad at the airport. Let's stop at McDonald's. Mm fast food restaurants, my favorite pizza places on Fridays. I always had a high metabolism. I was 160 pounds wet. Most of my high school could eat anything and it didn't matter. And I still ate vegetables and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, uh, I was thinking about this as we were, t we were prepping for the show and my family really valued being, um, being involved with sports, being involved with athletics, like everywhere we went, we moved around a lot as a kid. I mean, we talked about in the past shows, when I was first, before we moved out of Colorado, I was playing baseball. I was playing soccer. When we moved, when we lived in Maryland, I didn't play sports because we were kind of in that weird. Uh, actually, we wrestled actually in, in Maryland, and then, and then when we moved here, when we moved to New England, um, sixth grade there wasn't really anything to do. But once I got to high school, I did wrestling, I did football, um, I even did track and field for a year. I was always active, always doing something. But what's really funny is I was always chubby. I was always like that husky kid growing up. And, I, you know, part of it is while we have an obsessed country that obsesses about food and fitness now, when I was a kid, like, I mean, you've all eaten my mom's food. She can cook anything and oh, yeah. make it taste good. Yeah. But um, I ate way too much of my mom's food. And I can remember times mm -hmm. when, like, she would make – a quarter sheet pan of pizza and I would eat probably the whole thing over the course of an evening. Right. So that's like, what is it? Probably 16, 16 pieces, 16 squares. Right. Like yeah, I would squares, eat like right. the whole thing. Like, and, and my problem wasn't, and it's always been this, my problem was not that I wasn't active. I've always been for my size, a very active, flexible guy, but my eating mm. habits sucked. And I was not careful at all about what I ate. I mean, I would eat anything, vegetable, meat, fruit, carb, whatever. It didn't matter to me. I didn't, I didn't dislike healthy stuff, but I just ate too much of everything. Um, mm. And so what happened is 
when I stopped doing sports, you know, when I got out of high school and I couldn't do sports or when I got my job in high school and I quit wrestling and I quit, I was already not playing football because I thought those coaches were jerks and, you know, whatever, like I started getting heavier because I didn't change what I was eating, but I also didn't, wasn't the same level of active that I had been. Right. So, right. Um, and I don't know that my parents cared. Like my dad was always pretty active. I remember him riding his bike and running when I was a kid. I even went for a five mile run with him once completely out of the blue and completely unprepared. Um, <laughs> exactly. Dad, so, so dumb. <laughs> dad, why does my feet, why are my feet bloody? Like, should that, yeah. should that, why is am that I red spot on my shoes supposed to be there or? Oh wait, I was supposed to wear shoes. Yeah, sandals. Right. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah. Do a five k. Pretty funny. Hey. I mean, Adam, you always, you know, you were always the track star. So no matter where you were, you were always running. So it didn't. Oh my matter. gosh, I would, I would eat, I would eat full pizzas and then go and run, and they wouldn't gain any run, yeah. any weight. Oh. And. And so fast. I remember you, <laughs> you, you always eating so fast. Oh, yeah. I eat fast, <laughs> too. Fast. I still eat fast. So fast. <laughs> My daughters eat fast. You, like, you sit down with Adam and you get the plate and you look at it and be like, all right, I am ready. And it would be, not come? only would the food already be gone, he would already be like building something in the next room. <laughs> You're like, dude, we're just going to sit down and eat. And you have already eaten this. Is, no, this it, that, that is traditionally, I guess, my mom, I think, couldn't strap my brother down to a table when he was younger. She kind of just gave up and trying to fight that fight. I remember growing up as a kid, we'd always sit down for dinners. When dinner was called, like moments notice and boom, finish eating. And right as Anya and I and you know my parents finally sat at the table, Adam was already done. I don't know if it was that drastic, but got pretty busy in a lot of things especially when it came to arcade game that you were always like i pause my game i have to pause my game to go eat you know oh my gosh yeah. how, how rude of him yeah but yeah <laughs> right. you know yeah right. so i always had the fried chicken the burgers and all of like oh, I, I you gotta give mom credit she did cook decent meals it wasn't like she was like throw the chicken at him again <laughs> Yeah, she was definitely a good cook i mean there wasn't any problem there turned around not hating food and we actually were forced to eat vegetables and she did a great job at it but how about you paul yeah, I was a pretty scrawny little kid for, for quite a while, but I definitely liked like food and, and a lot of my food memories. So last summer, you know, we're sitting around the, the, the TV at a cabin that my dad has in Maine and we're just sitting there and he's like, hey, what movie do you guys want to watch? And we're like, whatever, it's, you know, just and so he pulls out a VHS tape and he puts it in and it's me um, talking to the camera, narrating how I'm making um, a a multiple not just like a but multiple grilled cheese sandwiches um so that kind of showed you so i would come home from high school and be like hey it's time for first dinner um and then i would make uh, mac and cheese or um you know uh, grilled cheese sandwiches mm. or something and so i eric i think kind of in the same way i i certainly like to be active but I really, I really love food too. And certainly at my uh, late teens, maybe early twenties, you know, I just remember having such a anything goes idea with, with food, um, that, uh, you know, like die, uh, uh, Mountain Dew, Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh my like there's nothing, nothing, nothing like that at all. 
it's just like you'd, you'd, you'd have a sip, the fir- that first sip of the cold Mountain Dew, and then you would pull a chip out, and it'd be one of those chips that had, like, have all the Cool Ranch on them. Like, every now and then you get one that didn't, like, have much on it, but, like, that had it. And I just, I've always had such a love-hate a relationship with food, which we'll, you know, we, we'll get into a little bit how I, how I view it now. But, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, growing up, you know, some folks in my family have had, you know, weight issues and such, but I don't think I really saw any of that until... I kind of hit later in life when I started slowing you know, down. seeing some of that. Yeah. Slowing some of that, seeing some of that, um, as well. So I was gonna say the one thing that popped in my head was when you said, uh, Mountain Dew, next thing I was going to shout out was like, you're going to be sterile. That was, you know, <laughs> the line that I was thinking in my head. <laughs> like, so anyway, five. Back, so anyway. yeah, well, like, damn funny, funny story. <laughs> funny story. Uh, I don't know if you know this for another podcast. Yeah, it's for another podcast entirely. Uh, we'll talk about Paul's nether region <laughs> in another podcast. Actually, it was really funny because last night I was watching a um, Paul's nether region. <laughs> I was not watching Paul's nether regions last night. Um, <laughs> last night I was watching um, Good Mythical Morning. I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but it's a it's a great YouTube show that I really enjoy with these guys, Brett and Link. And they they basically do these challenges. And one of the ones that they did last night that I thought was super entertaining and kind of lines up with this is they were doing food crimes and they were voting on they put their food crimes up on on um, Instagram and had their people vote as to which food crime was worse. And one of the food crimes was um, Doritos with Mountain Dew cereal, basically. Ugh! <laughs> oh, oh so oh it was man, pretty funny because they're basically that's, like you know this funny. tastes exactly uh, like you'd expect it's doritos with mountain dew and as long as <laughs> yeah, and as long as you eat it within the first three minutes before it starts to get soggy yeah. it's okay oh <laughs> my gosh right yeah you're, you're doing the blend before it actually gets to yes, blend in your stomach but yeah, oh. yes yeah that's yeah that's a little which hard. you know there's no taste buds in our stomach so we don't have to worry about the blending then it's the prior to the that we have to worry about and if eric remembers we'll put the link in the bottom of the show notes <laughs> to the video <laughs> just for your own viewing pleasure or vomiting pleasure whatever you prefer yeah when, oh yeah exactly so yeah it, it's I just, you know, I don't know about how you guys feel, but like, I know growing up, my parents, you need to eat a lot more. You need to eat a lot more. Or my coaches were like, oh, you need to pack on the. Yeah, you were thin. I was wicked thin, but it wasn't like I wasn't eating. It was like, I was always like, I would just, whatever I put in would be like literally burn twice as fast. And I I remember playing football freshman year of my high school. They were like, you got to eat pasta before the game and you got to do this and this. And I'd eat it all and they'd be like um dude what are you doing you're starving yourself i'm like no i'm not serious i just finished eating a whole pizza it's crazy how that was you know one of the things that i never really worried about because i never really could keep the weight on to an issue or a challenge in my life the challenge was trying to keep the weight right (laughs) yeah so speaking of uh speaking of speaking of pasta the only thing that you need to know about my um, you know, growing up in our, our food habits was, you know, I'd go to my grandmother's house and she would make meatballs and, and pasta and be amazing. And wh- one of the things we would all do is make sandwiches of everything. So mm-hmm. you would have like um, a loaf of bread and which would come out with pasta because maybe maybe you'd like to have a little, uh, you know, uh, butter your butter your bread with pasta. But we, <laughs> what we would do is put some butter, put some butter on the bread, put some pasta on the bread, some sauce on the mm-hmm. bread and then eat that. So um, that's a lot, obviously that's a lot of carbs, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> today, right. That's, that's a carb, uh, 
And then, but you'd wash it down with a glass of milk. I thought you were about to say Mountain Dew. Seriously. Yeah. No, that, that would not be good. I do not recommend that. Oh, but uh, I, I, we got to step back here. You just said you put ice in your milk. What? What's wrong with you? Absolutely. It's got to be cold. Yeah, it's got to be ice. That's why ice it's cold. in the fridge. Uh, no, <laughs> not cold enough. Not cold put it enough. in the freezer. Not cold enough. Yeah, like, then it, um, then it I, becomes hard milk and it's hard to drink. <laughs> it's got to be so cold it's almost frozen, but not actually crystal. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a guy who drinks um, cream. <laughs> I do like drinking cream. I know, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's not okay. <laughs> you can't have heavy cream with your cereal. Hey, I'm going to have Cheerios. It's good for you, but then I'm going to put some heavy cream on top of it. So, so funny story, and I'm not sure this plays into the fitness and health episode. But Heather made a bunch of cupcakes this weekend for all the barbecue stuff. And she has a ton of frosting left over. So for dessert tonight, we all just grabbed spoons and started uh, eating frosting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have to put a warning clause on the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. So people know that we are not experts. I think um, when we were talking about in the pre-show about future goals, I don't think finishing up all the frosting was a future goal. Is what we had in mind. for That's a short-term episode. goal, Paul. That's a short-term goal. <laughs> I want it all gone this week so that it doesn't tempt me anymore. I'm gonna say today, <laughs> right? High, high cholesterol is a long-term goal. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll we'll talk about yeah we'll we'll talk about my failures in that regard. But um, I do think that, and and this is why I wanted to talk a little bit about like strategy and and not really just have a specific question, but really talk about health and fitness because I think that there is certainly maybe one of the ways that we can go wrong is looking at it from a number perspective. So like. You know, I, I, you know, there was a point where I was definitely weighing myself more often, but I think I, I was like, you know, like who's to say with the, the, you know, the weight, um, you know, you know, higher or lower, you know, it's, to me, it's about lifestyle. It's about behavior. Right. And so, yeah, maybe you're putting on a few pounds, but you're like, you know, look, you, you knew that already. You knew that even before you stepped on the scale that you hadn't been as active maybe as, as you wanted to. So maybe getting out, going for a walk, you know, going for a jog or something, I think maybe should we are our goal and we'll talk about that here in a, maybe in a little bit garrick yeah. i think he's done a really good job of state of the course I, i've kind of stuck to my old method not the reality if i just look down and and see that you know my belly is growing a little bit and i can't see your other regions yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah it's a guy thing how can i measure how good i look based off? <laughs> oh i can't see it anymore measure anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i can dig into that so like i said i mean obviously we talked about me growing up and the fact that I really, you know, in my family, there was a you snooze, you lose attitude kind of when it came, especially when it came to food. So for the good food, um, which honestly, there was a ton of in my house because my mom was a great cook and she was, she had great people surrounding her that also cooked really well. And we always had people around and she was always making delicious food and way too much of it. Um, and I would eat it. I would eat all of it and I would, whatever I liked, I would eat far, far too much, like gluttonously. So, and, um, and that, then I married my wife who is on par with my mom as far as cooking goes. Like she is a spectacular cook. She pays attention to the details. She cooks really yummy, yummy food and she cooks what people like. And so once she finds out what you like, she makes it for you, which is incredibly hospitable and a, and a, a great gift unless you're already fat and you don't know how to control what you eat and then it's not so good. Um, so, um, 
and then on top of that, you know, as I, as I grew up and I had a little more money, I could go out and eat as well. So like Heather would make me really, really good food at home. And then I'd also be able to eat whatever I wanted at a restaurant, which by the way, in case anybody doesn't know this, the food at a restaurant is never as good for you as the stuff that you get at home. Right. And so I would eat too much stuff in a restaurant and then I'd come home and eat too much stuff at home because my wife was a tremendous cook. And, um, and the result was I got to like 42, 43, and I weighed 335 pounds and I wasn't sleeping well and I couldn't remember anything and I had really bad sleep apnea and I was kind of a grump and I was always tired and everything on my body hurt. You said, what was the turning point? I mean, you, you know, um, you know, what, what was there a, or was there a turning point, turning point? Was there a specific day or a thought that you had or something that you said, you know, Hey, I, I need, I think there's probably two or three turning points. And one of those turning points is my friend, Travis had a heart attack and, and he does, he's a great guy. I love him. I love talking to him. And when he had a heart attack, it was like, Oh, if I don't do something and, and he wasn't doing, I mean, he was shoveling his sidewalk. He wasn't even shoveling a driveway. The sidewalk is like three feet across. Now, to be fair, it's in Minneapolis, and he probably had three or four or five or eight inches of snow on the on the sidewalk. But it wasn't about the extreme exertion. It's about any exertion under on a body that's not in good shape. And he survived, by the way. Just so everybody knows, Travis is still with us. Uh, and I actually just saw him a couple months ago, which is awesome, right? Um, so I think that was part of it. And the other part of it was... Because of my sleep apnea, because of my being overweight, because I was always sore, I found that I couldn't function well mentally. I couldn't do my job well. It's like I was constantly trying to catch up and falling behind. I couldn't do the things I needed to do. I was, I couldn't take care of my kids the way I wanted to take care of them. I couldn't do things with them because I was fat and uncomfortable and tired all the time. And between those two things, it made me motivated so that when my family, my siblings came to me and said, hey, dude, we want to do a weight loss competition. You want to buy in and see if you can lose some weight? It was like, yeah, I think I'd love to. And I will tell you that up until that point, I held strong to the fact that I can work out enough to lose the weight. I can be physically active enough to lose the weight, even though I had proven over and over again that that was not the case. If I work, if I exercise enough, if I push my body enough, and I got to the point where, you know, talking about having bloody feet when I was running with my dad on that five mile run unprepared, I would go to the gym and do that for a week. And then I couldn't move for like two weeks. And then I'd try to get back to the gym again because my body was in no shape to do that. In this case, when we did the weight loss competition, um, we did it for four months. We did it from Labor Day to New Year's. Which, by the way, if you're going to lose weight, losing weight over the holidays, focusing on losing weight over the holidays, it's like a huge thing because you have to pay attention. You have to manage your expectations. You can't be a complete stickler because there's still family events to go to and things to participate in, but you have to figure out how to manage it. And so um, we did monthly winners and an overall winner, and I got motivated. I just, I got focused and and the the winnings of the the target and the goal of winning the pool for the weight loss competition kept me focused. And so I just, in the first month I lost like 35 pounds, you know, 
In the second month, I lost another 10. In the third month, I lost another 10. And by the time everything was done, by the time the four months were over, I had lost like 65 pounds, I think. And, and so by New Year's Day, I'd won every pool that the, like I'd won every monthly victory and, and the total overall victory. And then I got to buy myself a gaming computer and build all the parts for that, which I think is probably another podcast. But, um, and then once I lost the weight, once my body wasn't constantly in pain, and what's really funny is I actually got a CPAP in October after I had been losing weight for a month and a half. And I started using it and it helped me for a little bit. And then I'm like, in December, I'm like, I don't need this anymore because I'm not having trouble sleeping anymore. I'm not snoring. I'm not having trouble breathing at night. So I just stopped using it, but it helped me get over the hump. And, and, you know, you talked about gaining 20 pounds. Like, um, I haven't actually gained. Well, that's not true. I gained weight during the coronavirus stuff. And then I lost it over the last three weeks. So, yeah, I mean, that's not talking about the future or what my goals are, but that's, that's kind of like the thumbnail sketch of, of my weight loss. Oh, and then. I convinced my family to pay me to do another pool in April and I lost another 30 pounds over the summer. So I ended up down 90 pounds. Overachiever. Somebody challenged me to a weight loss competition. I just need to lose a little more mate and make a little more money. <laughs> I just say you can't make this a career. You know, this is not something you want to build up. Otherwise you'll fade away. I'm just bummed I didn't but, uh, do it for the biggest loser. That's all I'm saying. You kind of answered my question for you. Was it, are you motivated by the money or motivated? It was more the weight loss part of it. Yeah. I would say what the money did was it kept me focused. I think it's easy when you're trying to lose weight to get discouraged when something doesn't quite go the way you want, or you have to give up something that you really like, or you have a bad day where you cheat. The, the money kind of motivates you to get back on the wagon and give it another shot because you know that when you get to the end of that month, you're going to have to deal with it. Or when you get to the end of that pool, when you get to whatever the, the milestones are that they pay you on, you still have a chance. And one day doesn't screw it up. Just like one day doesn't help you win it. You know, I could lose 10 pounds in a day, but if I don't keep it off, it doesn't matter. You know? And, and truthfully, I think thinking about my own struggles, I, to me, probably the, the most the, the, I don't know about the most important, but the, the strategy there or the tactics of doing it over the holidays probably helped it more maybe than you, you I, I would say than you even, you even knew because in my own struggles, um, I would go to the gym every other day or you know, like um, for a while I was going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then like when we were traveling, I would travel and I would go to the gym um on uh you know in the hotel but i then i'd get back and i'd be like well i'm getting back on a sunny night i'm kind of tired um maybe i won't go tomorrow and then like like then it, like one little thing one little thing throws a monkey wrench into the works and all of a sudden you've broken all of your habits so like to your point you know giving yourself leeway over the holidays to say yeah i'm gonna have a piece of cheesecake little shout out back to our Mr. Pfeiffer friend from the Cheesecake Factory. So well, I'm gonna have a piece of cheesecake and then tomorrow, yeah, I'm gonna hop back on the wagon and and um and not even like like that's the, like not even seeing it like a wagon, just saying, hey, I'm gonna allow myself this and then tomorrow I'm gonna not allow myself other things. But just just um, you know, finding that balance, which I think is 
you know, to me is the is the key um, to to all of this. Adam, you live on a farm and you bale hay daily and pluck or syrup out of trees. I mean, you doing anything maintain your weight? I uh, it, it depends on what happens. Um, the uh, for me, it's. I mean, well, the the world thinks I'm overweight <laughs> in terms of the the BMI index, which I think there's a lot of issues with that that kind of rating. I mean, uh, it, it, no, no, I wouldn't hang it because there are so many other factors to determining determining your 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 weight, especially your build and your muscle structure and whatnot. But um, no, I I there there are points where I know that I've uh, in in my or just as I get older where, where I'm like, okay, I, I can see the effects of just being lethargic and not having that extra energy and not being able to kind of think straight as I, as to kind of Erica alluded to, but, uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not someone who's not active between cutting at wood and hiking maple up the hills and cutting X amount of acres of grass and, trying to find the latest project, whether I'm hanging gutters or, or, or redoing flooring or whatnot. But, but, uh, I think it's a combination of, of, Hey, I'm not gonna, wow. I'm sitting here watching, watching TV decompressing. I'm not going to go for that extra bowl of ice cream or, Hey, that I'm a cereal hound when it comes to evenings. And I love cereal. I don't put, I, I put milk in my cereal, not cream, but, but, <laughs> But, 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 but it's just, it's, it's those points where it's like, you, you can just feel it. Like it, when I'm, when I'm down, but my weight also fluctuates too. But, um, when I'm down in, in, it, it, when my, my overall weight is down a, a couple of pounds, you could just definitely tell just overall how you feel and function and, and just the energy level that you have. So. Um, but it is a sacrifice. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, we had a gym membership to the Y never used it. Um, <clears throat> getting time because my schedule is so crazy is, and just being deliberate with that time is tough. Um, but I also stay, it's not like I'm a, it's like, a, it's not like I'm not active, but balancing that, that activeness out with eating right and trying to eat healthy. And I know from a family standpoint, we try to eat healthy um, as much as we can. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that sacrifice point of, of just saying, no, I'm not going to have that extra one or no, I'm not actually hungry. I'm actually tired. I'm going to bed like type, type, type operation versus, versus just chowing down on the rest of the, the salsa and chips and (laughs) living up. I don't make if I don't microwave the queso. Does it actually add oh, calories? You know that so type good. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, you touched on something that's kind of funny because, like, I'm in coaching again, and I haven't been coaching uh, for probably about six, seven months now. I was always either lugging bags, carrying balls, walking everywhere, getting a lot of exercise to help balance out my routines. Because, you know, when you're a travel coach, you're not like, hey, we're all going to go home and have a great meal. Oh, it's nine o'clock at night. Wendy's. Yeah, exactly. It's a lesser two evils. Do we do Wendy's or do we do McDonald's? Oh, we'll do Wendy's because at least we know we won't die tomorrow. 
I go to a client in Maine, the closest place to stop is at McDonald's. I know in the back of my head, if I, I'm almost like a closet McDonald's person because I hide and, and throw away the trash before I, you know, bring it home because my wife's like, you stopped at McDonald's. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't stop at McDonald's at all. She's like, you left the cup in the car. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the devil made me do it. I, pretty much. So I try to remember to bring a few snacks with me and that changed the habits. Like Paul had said, like the cheesecake factory. But funny thing is, I went to Boston a couple of weeks ago. I think I sent you guys a text message of what I bought. I had bought eight cheesecakes, $75 worth of cheesecake. When I went in, they were so happy to see me. They were like, Mr. Pfeiffer, so glad that you are back here. How many cheesecakes do you want? I will take eight for you. Oh, you ordered 10 last time. I know, I'm cutting back. So it's, it's an Italian restaurant, not a Mexican restaurant. When, they come, when you come in the door, all the, the, the gloves are off. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring eight cheesecakes home. My wife goes, you bought eight cheesecakes? And I'm like, yeah, but they'll be gone in a day and a half. And she's like, no, they won't. They'll be in there forever. I'm like, yeah, okay. Three days later, they're all gone. <laughs> I don't know who's eating them, but it's not all me. Because <laughs> I think I had one. Sure, maybe sure. So just to be fair, when you say cheesecakes, you're not talking about like the full No, not a cheesecake. full cheesecake. I know that. I just kind of want to make it clear for people that they're not like, dude, maybe you should go into a way. <laughs> maybe you like, if Eric bought a whole cheesecake, it wouldn't be $75. It'd be $75 for a cheesecake, not for eight of them. You know, when you go to the Cheesecake Fact, their menu is page of different varying cheesecakes. And I, I've had that one. Oh, let's try this new one. I go through the list. I bang off my first four that are my go-tos. And then I'm like, well, let's add this chocolate one for my daughter and this double chocolate for my wife. That is a bad habit that I have developed, but it's not something that happens all the time. It's the fall off the wagon trip that I usually have that I visit my clients maybe once every two months. Um, and I do drive by that place. I honestly say I drive by and my wife's like, you didn't stop. I'm like, yeah, I didn't stop today. Pat me on the back. Let's move forward. <laughs> You're like, they were closed, but I didn't stop. Um, so, so, so to that end, why don't we uh, kind of lead into the, um, you know, talking a little bit about maybe present or even maybe future goals. And I, I, you know, I split it up that way because I'm cognizant of uh, we may not be living in the, in the way that uh, we maybe want to right now. So maybe what are, what are things doing right now? But I also want to, you know, add a little hope here as well and say, maybe what are you thinking about doing? What, what, what is a way that maybe you can change uh, um, your habit for a future or what's something that may be, maybe you're going to apply to your life to, um, to take take a more strategic or more intentional uh, look at um you know keeping healthy. Yeah, and I think it's just overall it's just moderation. I mean that and and what's the what's the uh, the saying? It's 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 not a sprint. It's a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So it, it, everything is a balance. And, but but that comes with but with that balance comes sacrifice and and you reap the rewards from a point of just how you over overall feel, you know, and, and, and that alone just, just changes your mindset. So, but, but again, it's getting to that point. It's getting to that point to say, no, I'm not going to do this or no, I'm not going to eat this or no, I'm going to, I'm going to focus my energy. <laughs> even though I want to put stuff in my mouth <laughs> to something else. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and it's funny, right? Because so I, I, we talked about the pandemic. What's really kind of funny to me is that weight loss competition started 
almost two years ago at this point. The one that I, where I started losing weight and, and, you know, last January, after I had lost the first 60 pounds, I started going to the gym and I, I went to the gym basically until the pandemic closed my gym. And I would go, you know, somewhere between two and five times a week. It just depended on the week and what the schedule looked like. Right. Um, when the pandemic hit, some of the patterns and rhythms that I had gotten established no longer worked because the Y was closed. And, and right. even now that it's open, like one of the things that was really valuable for us as a family was I would take the little kids and Ben and we would all go to the gym. Heather would have an hour to herself where she could recover from her day. And then we'd all come back and we'd finish off the night. But without, but now with the why I have to make an appointment and the kids don't have anything they can go oh. do. And so it's much more of a hassle. So we just haven't really gone back. And, and so some of the rhythms, like you find seasons where you can do certain things and other seasons where you can't. And partially because of that and partially because, you know, I spent a lot more time at home than I used to and I'm not traveling and I'm not going places. Um, I started, you know, Eric, you were joking about 45 trips up the stairs to grab nuts, then chips, then whatever the snack is in the house. Um, I was doing that for a while. Like I was kind of falling out of my pattern of paying attention to what I eat. And so, but the one thing I didn't do, and, and this is something that I found that's really helpful is I didn't stop weighing myself every week, right? I didn't stop having that check-in where I say, am I doing okay in this? You know, am I monitoring this somehow? You know, I have a food app on my phone that I enter in my calories. When I start to get lackadaisical, I know I'm in trouble because it's not even that I, it's really about whether or not I'm paying attention because my habits were set over a 43 year span and I've only been trying right. to break them for two years. So it's really right. easy if I'm not paying attention to fall back into a constant snacking habit, which is probably my biggest downfall. Like when I start like just randomly grabbing things off the counter and eating them, that's a bad sign. Right. But if I can, if I can hold off for the schedule that we're, you know, like for meals, for scheduled snacks or whatever, then I, I, I'm usually okay. And, and so I, at the beginning of June, I weighed myself and I was like 15 pounds heavier than I was when we started the pandemic. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. I have to do something now. Like, that's my trigger. Like when I get to 15 pounds, when I, I have a range, when I get to the top of that range, it's time to like lock it down and eat better for a period of time and be careful about that. Cause for me, while the fitness is important and being active and all that stuff is important for other reasons, it's not just about being buff. It's not, a, it's really about yeah. what can I do with my family? What can I like, I'm going on a hike Saturday. I couldn't have really done that two years ago, That's you awesome. know, like, so for me, like the weight, is important because when it gets out, like, but I have to monitor it and I have to do something to monitor it. And so, well, you know, like I agree that balance is important. And we talked about me for dessert tonight, having frosting, instead of having a bowl of frosting, I had two spoonfuls of frosting. Right. But th that moderation, I wouldn't have even been able to do if I wasn't checking it and bringing it back into check. You know, so I, I feel like the monitoring of it is really important. Um, and it shows that it's still a priority. As is well. a spatula count as a spoon? 
okay. <laughs> saying, I used a normal. I uh, used a normal soup spoon, which is slightly bigger than a teaspoon, but not as big as a serving spoon. Yeah. Okay, so let he use never done that for the first time. Well, and you've all had Heather's food. Her frostings are delicious. Uh, oh, that's why I said get the ladle. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, 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 yeah, I agree. It's a behavior thing, and I can certainly empathize with um, eating eating at night. And I realized for me, it was definitely a, it was a uh, like a dopamine thing because I would I would sit down, I'd be watching, I would like say, oh, I'm gonna watch a show, and then I would find something I really wanted to watch. Like if I was watching through, you know, watching uh, uh, the, like the what going through the West Wing or some other show or oh, a movie I really wanted to see, I would immediately like like get the like get the show ready and then get up and be like all right let's go make some food because that's the only way to enjoy a show is to you know make food and then there's never just one trip to the kitchen it's like okay i've had a bowl of cereal now let's have some popcorn now let's have some some other things and so the the trigger for me and the the thing that really helped was the and this is a under the category of god uses everything for good um, so a while ago, I was I diagnosed with um, something called fatty liver disease, which means I have to watch my food intake from a, a fat perspective and, um, uh, and and other things. And then not too long afterwards, when God was like, oh, you don't you're still not watching yourself, Paul. Um, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Um, so, again, to me, those were those, you know, that that happened. And I was like really discouraged because I was like, great, well. Hey, remember all those things you could eat after thyroid liver disease? Now you can't eat anything at all. So I can just go have a piece of paper, apparently, and eat that, and that'll be fine. Um, but what I found was that I, and I still didn't change, and it wasn't until the day that I was like, hey, I have a son. I sure would like to see him um, get married and see him, you know, thrive and live abundantly, you know, um, and maybe, you know, see, see my grandkids, as it were. Um, and so to me, it was all about that idea of that, that thing that Simon Sinek says, like to start with why. So I needed a why. I needed a, a strong why to be able to change. And I did, and I made some changes, and I'm certainly nowhere near perfect, and I'm not active enough. I think that's one thing, one area I struggle. There are definitely days, especially in this, this time that we're in now, where I do not even go outside or look outside for maybe the entire day or for multiple days. I just, to, uh, you know, telling you guys tonight, I, I, you know, dropped my son off at football and he had his first practice and it was the first time I'd been in a car in, I don't know, a, a week or so, maybe, maybe two weeks, but I just, I'm just not as active. So one of the things that I got was, um, I bought Jonathan and I a, um, like a, a basketball hoop, right? Like a freestanding one you could like roll out and use. And my initial thought was, well, he's going to be, you know, he's 14. He's going to be in college soon. But I was like, hey, this is something that we can do and we move around and be active. Um, because I am, like I said, I'm certainly not. You know, one of the things I've gotten was a um, a wireless headset to walk around when I'm working. And one of the things I'll do, and I forget that I'm out of shape, is I'll like be talking to them and be like, Hey, I want a glass of water. So I'll go downstairs and get a glass of water. And then I'm coming up and I'm like, <gasps> like breathing. And I always like think it's the kind like, is there an obscene phone call going on right now that I don't, that I don't know about? Like what happened? Um, so, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I really, that's, that's an area that I think it, it, from a, from a present or maybe even a future goal is just to find ways to be more active. And in, in the past when I would, be really angry at myself for not going to the gym every single day or multiple 
couple times a day or and then I miss a day and I get all over myself. Yeah, let's go shoot some hoops for, you know, an hour or so. Or let's go for a walk around the area, or, you know, or what have you. And um, and in that rain and in that vein, like I said, as well, you know, just hoping that my son learns from that and, and, and learn from my mistakes and makes good nutrition and food decisions because I it is. It's a behavior thing. It's not a, and that's why, you know, I'm kind of leery about like, you know, weighing myself and trying to look at the number because I'm, I'm more interested in the behavior than actually the, the numbers. But hey, if the numbers help you with the behavior, then maybe it's doing its, it's doing its job. Yeah. And just remember the fix isn't to move your office downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Move the bathroom up. <laughs> yeah. well, let's move the kitchen to the second floor, honey. How much do right. you think about that? Exactly. Exactly. So true. Yeah, so I, 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 one of the things I was thinking that we could summarize this for maybe our listeners because I mean we definitely touched upon some really cool things, but it sounds like behaviors is really the kind of key indicator, and and behavior actually causes us to change, and whether that change is good for the long haul or that change is bumpy over the long haul, it's all a process and it's a long term goal. It's I think Adam said it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's really okay to be human and okay to fall off the wagon, but it's our faith does the same thing. It's like God always recorrects us. And so our health will always kind of throw up red flags like uh, Eric had mentioned. I mean, he knows what his target weight is before he has to kind of shift course. And Adam knows that, you know, he gets to a place where he starts to feel more fatigued and, and out of shape and not able to keep up with his, you know, whatever's going on. That story where they say the guy who's sitting on his roof and the flood, the the, the the dam breaks and they send three boats and the you know he ends up dying and God's like he's like God why didn't you bring anybody why didn't you send anybody he's like I did I sent three people it's like oh yeah you know you gave me like several warnings to make a change and uh, you know those those are important to to pick up um, in all of our lives I think for um, the long haul because they help you do course corrects yeah yeah. Yeah, great point. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if that's it, um, I, again, like you said, we had a that was a great great conversation. Nothing solved here, but hopefully, we all have some good next steps, next points here. Um, so thanks so much for listening to Forefathers. I uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, I ho- I hope that you've enjoyed hearing about our lives, and it has encouraged you to you know intentionally build community with people around you. Uh, we are made better because of our relationships with the people around us. It certainly takes time, but it's absolutely worth it. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F-words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.